The Warriors are 2-0 in the preseason. I know it doesn't mean a lot, but in terms of morale, in terms of seeing what this product is, I'm personally impressed. I'm looking forward to picking the brain of Sophia Jones. She's going to join me. Trice High is going to join me. We got a panel tonight. We got a live audience. Should be a good time. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube where our live shows are exclusively presented. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started you can follow Sophia Jones she plays basketball for the D1 San Jose State University Spartans she's also uh broadcasting royalty and it's always a pleasure to have her on the program you can follow her on Twitter is that what you're promoting or no Instagram I'm sorry at Sophia Jones with an extra s and the number two did I get that right Sophia it's three s's in total at the three end. s's I my sincere apologies for that so it's at Sophia Jones with three s's at the end and the number two and then Trice High, who is producing and releasing this incredible five-part Stephen Curry documentary. Pleasure to finally have you on the show. I'm thankful you involved me in that project. You can follow Trice, or I'm sorry, subscribe to Trice's YouTube channel at Trice Official. That is where all your content is. Trice, great to meet you, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I really appreciate you having me. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate both of you being here. Um, so we're following this. It's live. The audience is, is in the house. Uh, we're going to get some numbers tonight. Likely, it's Friday Night Live. You're damn right, Macchiano. Let's go, Warriors. And the Warriors pulled it off. They're 2-0 now. Um, Sophia, I will start with you. What is your uh, immediate reaction? It was a, The Warriors are trailing at times. I thought the Lakers were just shooting it off the charts. I, did, I didn't think the Warriors could have played much better, in all honesty. But the Lakers still had the lead in the first quarter and the first half. But the, the Warriors pulled it off. Your reaction uh, to the Warriors being 2-0? For the first game especially, I was like, okay, LeBron's out. You can kind of, you know, expect it a little bit. But for this game with LeBron playing, I thought it was really impressive that the Warriors were able to pull it off. I was a little worried seeing the 70 points in the first half. Yeah. But they were able to kind of collect themselves and get it together on offense and defense. And I was really impressed with the way that the new young core was able to pull out that win. Hell yeah. The, the the second unit is what is sticking out to me. Uh, Trice, uh, I, you're, you're, you may be a little more partial. I know, Sophia. Sophia, you're not a Warriors fan, right? I mean, you grew up, I believe, in Miami or somewhere around there. Well, who's your team before you go to Trice? So I did grow up in Miami and I love the heat. But after kind of being here in California in the Bay Area and just watching uh, the Warriors as a basketball player, I honestly just fell in love with the way that the Warriors played, how unselfishly and how much joy all they played with. So I definitely became a Warriors fan as well. So I love watching them play. There you go. They're, they are a fun team to play. So so the reason why I asked is because that means, Trice, you are a resident 
impartial analyst tonight. I don't think the Warriors are your team. If they are, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but Trice, as a more impartial observer, given Sophia and I do love the Warriors, what was your impression of this game and the Warriors in general uh, two games in now in the preseason? I will say I, I grew up a, a Chicago Bulls fan. Like D Rose is kind of who got me into basketball back in the day. Um, my uncle was a big Jordan fan. So I grew up a Bulls fan, but Steph Curry stole my heart when it came to basketball, man. I've been a Warriors fan pretty, pretty uh, um, faithfully ever since he really came into the league. So the Warriors have been, have been the, the main team I follow for a while now. Um, I was really happy to see, as Sophia mentioned, just the way the young guys have really kind of started to develop. What's been big for me this preseason, I just wanted to see Kaminga and Moody more than anybody make a jump. I think that they're the two that kind of hold the keys to, you know, where this Warriors team can go from here. So um, I, I'm really happy to see some of the steps they took. And obviously we'll talk about that. But overall, it was good to see them fight. It was good to see the the second unit, the young guys, like really, you know, take on some of that load and 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 be able to pull out a win. Like it was, it was really cool to see. Yeah, totally. And, you know, the, the sentiment in the chat so far, and I agree with it, is that the starters um, did not impress that much. It was largely the second unit who's who saved the day. Um, as we talked about, the Warriors were trailing after the first quarter in the first half. Jonathan Kaminga, for the second game in a row, led the team in scoring, led all players uh, on both sides of the ball in scoring, finished this, finished the game with 26 points, was a plus 12 in the plus minus. Uh, not a big night from the from the rebounding perspective, only grabbed three, um, but did add three assists, uh, also had two steals. Um, just uh, just a fantastic night. Obviously, that monster dunk in the first half, I think it was going to be the highlight of this game. Um, but I do agree with what a lot of people are saying. It looked a lot like the second unit was slow. Uh, the second unit, uh, they, just, they looked old. They looked they, like you, there is a difference, in my opinion, between the starters and, and the second unit. But it's not just like the older players like Clay. I don't, I don't know. Let's, let's start with Clay, because this may be a, a potentially divisive topic, but will be certainly interesting. Um, I didn't think Clay looked good again, and I was a little critical of him after the first game. For the second game in a row, I feel like he forced a lot of his shots. Um, he had uh, a couple of uh, buckets late in the first half that kind of saved his stat line a little bit. He hit that one three and then a deep two, but his stat line for the night, eight points, uh, just three of 10 shooting, um, 50% from three. But again, the stat line, I don't think represents his overall performance. Uh, it looked like Kerr was keeping him out there longer than maybe he he would have played. He played 23 minutes in this game. Um, was a minus seven in the plus minus. I don't know if the stat sheet though represents how Clay actually performed. Sophia, I'll start with you. What was your impression of Clay Thompson? Not only in this game, but in the first two games. Like, are you pleased? Is am I crazy in saying that? I'm a little concerned about Clay. What are your thoughts? I would say, especially since it's preseason, it's not too much of a concern to get worked up over how clay is performing it is underwhelming you do expect him to do more but at the same time he is getting those shots off mm -hmm. and shoot or shoot at the end of the day he is historically too good of a shooter to proceed in the same pattern so i think you can still kind of have faith that clay is going to be able to show up come regular season good okay so you're impressed that's encouraging uh trice your thoughts on clay thompson tonight and through the first two games I think the thing with Clay, and, and obviously, you know, it's it's more so now than it was pre-injuries, 
But it's always with with Clay. It's always just can he find a rhythm? And once he finds that rhythm, it's just he got it. And he'll he's good. But it sometimes it takes him a minute to get going, and he will he's gonna get his shots up. He's gonna get his shots up, but he's gonna try to find it. And that's what she, like like Sophia said, shoot or shoot. So I mean, he he um I personally am always gonna have faith in Clay because when it comes down to it, he usually is gonna pull it out. He's gonna figure it out. Um, but to start this preseason, he has been a little bit. Um, I don't know. Rusty is not the word, but he's he's been having trouble kind of getting shots to fall. He's been kind of forcing the issue a couple places. But you have to trust a, a guy who's as good at what he does as Clay is that those shots are going to start falling eventually, especially if he's getting good looks. Totally. Um, and maybe I'm just nitpicking in my critique. Maybe I'm holding him to the same standard of what what we have been used to for most of his Hall of Fame career. Uh, but that three of ten shooting performance, I think you nailed it though, Trice. I I, I don't see Clay finding his rhythm yet. Someone in the chat mentioned as well that he plays a lot better when Draymond is in the lineup. Um, and, and maybe it's just that, but it was a bit underwhelming uh, in my opinion. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong. This is just my opinion about Clay. I, I just, uh, I hope he, he turns it around and we see more. We're going to break this game down in, in tremendous detail. I have a lot of notes that I'm going to present and I'd love to get you two's feedback from that. Obviously, if you have your own opinions you want to throw in, throw them in there. And then toward the end of the show, I want to pr uh, promote both of you because you have a lot of stuff going on. Trice, that Stephen Curry documentary is incredible. I cannot encourage people enough to check it out. It's a five-part series. And then Sophia, of course, you're about to be a rock star broadcaster. You're still playing basketball for San Jose State. Um, so you know this game as well as anyone. Um, we're going to talk about you two, this game tonight, and a whole lot more. Uh, let's get uh, some love first, though, to our sponsor tonight, which is, I believe, FanDuel. Where, where are we at? Yes, it is FanDuel. The official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Have either of you two ever played with FanDuel, like in terms of uh, opening the app? Sophia, you might not even be 21 yet. So if that's the case, uh, disregard the question altogether. Are you 21, Sophia? I am actually. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm 21 this past year. So, well, happy, happy early birthday on that, uh, or belated birthday, I'm sorry. Uh, have either, either of you then, in that case, played FanDuel? Because we can't play it here in California. Uh, you know, Kevin Deanna came on the show and introduced VPN. As a possible loophole, uh, I will neither confirm or deny if it works, ne nor will I promote that. But I've heard that's a possibility. Have either of you two played with FanDuel and, and any reaction from it? I have not. No. <laughs> All right. How about you, Trice? <laughs> I haven't used FanDuel specifically. Um, I, as much as I as I watch sports and stuff, it's something I, I thought about getting into, but just haven't necessarily dove into it yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and I, I, I've, I have dabbled. It is ridiculously fun. I don't know how else to really say it. Uh, and look, the NFL season is in full swing right now. Uh, Sunday morning, the Niners and Browns are playing. The Niners are my team. I believe they have a perfect record against the spread so far. They have a perfect record, period. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. You, you bet five bucks, win or lose, you get $200 in bonus bets. Bonus bets are as good as cash on FanDuel. It's basically getting $200 for playing for gambling five bucks. It's an incredible deal. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's a super easy and super fun app to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, OUs, you name it. You can bet it with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA, obviously, and the NFL. 
You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're going to be back at this on Sunday as we do all season long. If there's a Warriors game, we got post-game coverage right here. So stay tuned and and, uh, and join us again Sunday night. Uh, I believe what is it, Warriors and Kings? Is that the third preseason game? Is it, can it, either of you two confirm that with me? I actually don't have the schedule up in front of me right now, but I think that's what it is. Uh, I'm very curious to see how the Warriors handle the Kings because all we've seen so far are the Warriors and the Lakers now two games in. Sophia Jones joins me. You can follow her on Instagram at Sophia Jones with three S's at the end. And then the number two, Trice High, basketball documentary. And you're probably producing more than just basketball, but right now you got a Stephen Curry documentary out. Part three was just released today. Go check that out and so much more by visiting Trice's YouTube page. It's at Trice Official. Trice is spelled T-R-I-C-E. So here are some notes that I got from tonight's game. And I'd love to, to get your feedback on this. First of all, um, the Chris Paul experiment is now two games in. And here are some things I'm noticing about him. For starters, uh, he's been known as being a tremendous defensive player for a long time. I'm seeing him, I'm observing him in a very different manner now that he's on the Warriors for obvious reasons. One thing I love about him is he plays defensive angles perfectly. What I mean by that is he puts his body right where it needs to be to block off offensive players and to really limit their space, limit their passing lanes. Uh, Sophia, I'll start with you. What do you see when you watch Chris Paul play defense? Because I am loving it. Kind of what you said. I see a player that just has really extensive and high IQ Obviously, right now he's a little he's getting up there in age a little bit. He doesn't have the same step or verticality as a lot of the offensive players that he's guarding. So when you're kind of not able to use that, you have to compensate in other ways. And he does a great job compensating by just using his knowledge, knowing where to push step, where to plant his feet and just. You saw there was like one play he tried to draw a charge, but he's so good at being able to do that. Hopefully we won't get too many flopping calls uh, this season with that implemented. <laughs> but he's so smart and savvy and being able to do all of that. Absolutely. It's, a, it's so weird that all of a sudden now, like when he's getting into it with refs, for the first time in my life, I'm on Chris Paul's side of things. And it's bizarre. I, I don't know how to really uh, put it into words, what it's like to go from one minute looking at him as one of the biggest floppers in the game, one of the dirtiest players in the game. And now all of a sudden when he's getting into it with an official, I'm like, F you ref. Like this is our boy now. It's bizarre. It is weird. Trice, your reaction to Chris Paul tonight. Man, you got to see if, uh, if FanDuel has a bet you can make on over-unders on flops in the season on, uh, on Chris Paul. <laughs> um, no, it's, let me say it. It's been really weird to see Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey. It really uh-huh. has, but you can't, you can't underestimate the value in just the IQ that man brings to the defense. I mean, like we'll talk about offense, I'm sure after this, but the, the defense alone, just making sure guys are in their spots, pulling guys over to the side during timeouts, during, you know, uh, breaks in play and, and talking through guys, telling them where to be. That kind of stuff is, is invaluable for, for a team that has championship aspirations. So it's been really cool to see Chris Paul kind of immediately get into the fold and take that, leadership stance like i mean he he wants to win as bad as anybody does and he's taking the steps to make sure guys are where they need to be and i i think as far as 
the biggest impact he's made to me defensively or he will make going forward is just more so vocally and just, you know, at, from a leadership standpoint, as much as it is from a physical standpoint. Absolutely. Um, and his stat sheet tonight was, it was a mixed bag, right? He had a lot of like dumb turnovers. It was, it was, I don't know if you just, if the focus wasn't there, the Lakers were playing good defense. I do want to give him a little credit as well, but he finished this game in, in 20 minutes or 19 and a half minutes with five turnovers. None of the starters were in the plot in the positive in terms of plus minus uh, clay was minus seven Wiggins minus eight. We're going to talk about all these guys. So folks in the chat, uh, uh, bringing up the young players, we will talk about Pajemski because he was, dude, he's looking good. We'll touch on that in a moment, but none of this are Steph was minus six Looney minus four, Chris Paul minus nine. They finished the game though with six points on two three pointers. He was two for three from beyond the arc. So I thought that was encouraging. And I also love what someone in the chat mentioned in terms of um, not about his constipation. Uh, don't make me laugh. Come on. Um, and, and whoever, oh, and this troll, I got to keep an eye out for a troll uh, who's just bar barraging our chat tonight. Um, I, I'm trying to stay ahead of it. But uh, Chris Paul, his mentorship of Jonathan Kaminga, I think is huge. Um, uh, uh, Sophia, I'll start with you. Like, I am seeing them talk a lot. Kaminga has said in interviews that uh, Chris Paul and Rudy Gay have taken on this mentorship role that, uh, that Andre Iguodala was kind of carrying last year. Um, you play for San Jose State right now. I imagine there are seniors or upper-level players on your team that really make a difference in terms of mentorship. What are you seeing, if anything, uh, in regards to Chris Paul mentoring uh, Kaminga and maybe to a lesser extent Moses Moody? Well, I would say when you look at a player like Kaminga, he relies a lot on his pure athleticism. So having someone like Chris Paul and just those older players being able to tell him and give advice and offer more of those nuances to the game helps to really expand his IQ. It only ends up making him a better player at the end of the day. So you see Kaminga, you saw he was scoring at a very efficient rate today. And it just, it looked really smooth. It looked easy. So having someone like Chris Paul be able to just give you little tips and tricks and insides and out is really invaluable. Totally agree. Trice, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really cool seeing him pull Kaminga over to the side and talk to him quite a bit. Like, I, you noticed that at the end of the game, after Kaminga shot the free throws, he had him over on the sideline, was talking to him. They were laughing, dapping each other up. Like, that's, it's cool to see uh, – like similar to what we said earlier, like Chris Paul embracing that leadership role, but also that mentor role. And Kaminga needs that. These young guys, there's a there's an underlying young core here that need that guidance. And who better yeah. to to who better to do that than Hall of Famers like Chris Paul, Steph, Draymond, Clay? Like these guys are are people who can show them the way. Now it's up to the the young guys to follow suit. Absolutely right. Um, and Stephen Curry, real fast in tonight's game. Uh, did score 18 points. He was five for eight from the field, two for four from three, uh, six for six from uh, from the line. Uh, so Steph had a solid game, even though he finished minus six uh, in the plus minus. Um, well, I bring Steph up because one thing I didn't like in this game, and I saw this a lot in the Lakers series. Sophia, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. And that is Steve Kerr for some reason. And I don't know if it's just out of necessity. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe this is what he wants to do. I don't like Stephen Curry guarding Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is a is a bigger player than he looks on the court, and he gives people fits. And I just don't I don't like that matchup. Uh, to me, it's like it, that's an it, you, it's an injury waiting to happen. Austin to me is too big for Steph. Uh, he pounds him in the post a lot. I don't like that matchup. And Austin Reeves had a good game tonight. Finished with 16 points. Uh, was in and even in the plus minus, but uh, 
again, Austin Reeves to me is a baller. I, I it's incredible what this player has turned into. Sophia, why do you think Kerr is putting Steph on Austin Reeves so much? Is it just a necessity thing? Do you do you understand what Kerr's doing? What are your thoughts on that defensive matchup? For the Lakers, they're a very long, tall, lanky team. So I feel like there really isn't a great matchup for Steph to be on. I would say now, especially in the preseason, is a great time to get reps and try to improve that. And I think as well, over these past years, you have seen Steph's defense improve. He's gotten mm -hmm. a lot smarter in knowing where to try to get his hands involved. So I think that it was a good it was a good situation for Steph, honestly, to just practice doing that because having another smaller player on the court at the end of the day with Chris Paul is going to happen during the season. So may as well get the reps now during preseason. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess the, the only other player I could have seen Steph guarding out there was uh, D'Angelo Russell, and that's who Chris Paul was guarding. Trice, what are your thoughts on that matchup? Are you happy with it? Anything you want to add? It's a tough matchup for Steph. Austin. You got to give him a little bit of credit. He's a crafty player. Yes. He's, I mean, he's coming into his own. Like, the Lakers are breathing confidence into him like crazy. So, I mean, uh, he's taking advantage of, of that matchup every time that they've been put together. So, I I don't know who would be a better option in their starting five or Steph to guard. I think it's one of those things that you kind of have to live with and just adjust the, the help coming over and everything else and maybe try to get – some rotations going where Steph can get off quicker and stuff. So, I mean, it's it's tough, but Steph's always been a smart defender. He's always been able to kind of avoid um, too many issues with, you know, whether it be getting into foul trouble or getting into, you know, getting stuck on matchups that aren't good for him. He's usually good about getting away and kind of letting other guys step over and help and things. So I think he'll be fine. I think he'll figure it out. The Lakers are just kind of a matchup problem for the Warriors right now, as far as they're in, in more ways than just Steph on Austin Reeves, but especially in that aspect. So it's something they're going to have to figure out. Yeah, and, and again, this is the price you pay when you start both Chris Paul and, and Stephen Curry. And yeah. I don't know. I did, and the only other player I could think of that Steph Garden said would be D'Angelo Russell. I don't know if that's a speed issue in terms of Steph maybe getting exhausted, but Steph really gets exhausted. So I, I don't know what's going yeah. on there. Maybe that's some, maybe it's just not that big of a deal. Um, I, continuing on in my notes, uh, I, I the, the the Lakers scored 37 first quarter points, but they also shot 60 percent from beyond the arc. There just wasn't much they could the Warriors could have done there. Uh, the, the Lakers also had zero turnovers in that first quarter. They were just on fire. So I thought despite the fact that the Warriors were down early in the game, um, they were, they were doing fine. I, I just, and the end result shows that the Warriors came back and they won the game. Thanks in large part to a second unit, including Pajemski, Kaminga. We'll talk about them in a moment. One thing I saw in this game, I didn't see a lot of it. And I'd love to get your, two, your two's thoughts on this. The Warriors were actually playing a full court press. I don't know if you saw that it was early in the game. I think it was mostly in the first quarter and maybe first half. I don't know if I've ever seen the Warriors play a first quarter press in my life. I'm sure they have, but I, I was starting to think, I'm like, when have I seen this? Couldn't think of one moment. Again, maybe it's a stone or brain of mine that's that's pre preventing me from remembering when this has previously happened. But I was seeing a full court press. I was seeing a, a zone defense that was overly aggressive. I Like Kaminga was defending up at the half court line in a zone. Um, that was a new wrinkle. That's not something I've seen before. Sophia, did you notice that as well? And, and your thoughts on on the Warriors going full court defensively and, and adding some half court pressure with his own. What do you think about that? I did notice that. I would say one of the issues that the Warriors have struggled with 
last year and you saw it a little bit in this game is defending without fouling. And when you're able to go into a zone, that kind of limits the one-on-one defense that guys have to play. So you're able to not get as many foul calls as well as when you put the pressure full court, it allows for less time for teams to get into their half court offense, which the Warriors also struggled to defend a lot of downhill actions. So I felt like the full court press was a good move. Same. And I think Kev uh, adds a great point that Gary Payne, the second and, Brandon Pajemski, they're such aggressive defensive players. You can you can implement a full court press a lot easier with personnel like that. I especially loved how Gary Payne II looked in both these first two games. He looks like the GP2 of the championship warriors two years ago. He looks damn good. Uh Trice, your thoughts on that defensive scheme. Did you did you notice it yourself? Any thoughts you want to add? Yeah, one thing I'll say about Gary Payton, I'm just happy to see him healthy. I don't think he was I don't think he was ever healthy when he was in a Warriors uniform last season. He just never looked like himself. He was a step slow. Yeah. Um, but seeing him these past two games, he really he just he does so much on the defensive end that you just it's just it's invaluable the the gaps he can fill between like guards and, and bigs and rotations and things that he does is it's really great to see. Um, and I, I like seeing Kerr getting aggressive in a yep. preseason game. I mean, that's against the Lakers, someone who someone who eliminated them last year. Like, I mean, I, I like seeing Kerr say, hey, you know, we're here to win the game. And I mean, I think Doc Rivers, who I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about him on the broadcast yet. But I think <laughs> Doc Rivers at the end of the game pointed it out how he noticed Kerr being more aggressive in his coaching schemes during the game. And, and I think. Kerr wanted to to see what the young guys had tonight, and that second unit is great for a full court press lineup. I mean, man, when you got you talking about Gary Payton and Kaminga, the link that they have, and Moody, some of those guys, and then obviously the, the uh, Brandon is another guy that now comes into the fold. So you got some some guys on the defensive end in that second unit that can really like cause some havoc. Hell yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, you Trice, you brought up the broadcasters. Uh, let, let's go off on a side tangent for a moment there and talk about that. Sophia, you are as close to an expert as could be on this subject. Your dad is a legend. Uh, Mike Breen am I, is is the in the 1A lineup of NBA broadcasters, but your dad has sat in that seat. Uh, he filled in for the NBA Finals. In my opinion, he's just as good as Mike Breen. Um, and they have a new lineup. Mike Breen is joined by Doc Rivers, who, who replaced... Uh, former Warriors coach Mark Jackson. I always thought that was a little awkward every time the Warriors would be on national TV and there's Mark talking about Steve Kerr. I mean, he's got to have personal feelings about that. Um, so now you have Doc, uh, which was a total different wrinkle. And the Doris Burke is now a permanent member of that first unit. Uh, Sophia, your thoughts on on listening to that, that, that A lineup of ESPN uh, in their debut tonight? It was definitely jarring at first because I wasn't used to it I would say especially with Doc Rivers voice it can kind of catch you a little off guard Um, but I enjoyed listening to them I thought they made some really great points my dad usually works with Doris a lot so I love Doris I loved hearing her on the broadcast and I thought it worked well I'm interested to see kind of how their team goes moving forward Absolutely. Trice, your thoughts on the on the broadcast unit tonight. I mean, it's I know it's there's nothing to do with basketball, but look, we're all we're inviting these individuals into our homes. And what did you what was your thought listening to them tonight? 
Well, first things first, I didn't realize Mark Jones was Sophia's father. That's <laughs> that, that's fire. I mean, Mark Jones is he he that's my guy. Like Hell yeah. <laughs> deep like the fries at the bottom of the bag or whatever he says with some of his that that in his bag like the fries at the bottom or whatever. I mean that, that, that line is every time he says that, I'm like, oh my god, he's got bars for days. Uh so Mark Jones is my guy for sure. So that's, Hell yeah. that's cool. Hell yeah. uh, but no, I'm gonna miss Mark Jackson on the call. I'm not gonna lie. Him and Jeff Van Gundy got in some in some weird arguments during games that I always thought was just kind of like, like, why are y'all doing this right now on camera? But Mark Jackson's another guy who just like I always appreciated his insight as a coach. Um, now saying that Doc Rivers did provide some cool insight having just got off the sidelines. So like when he was talking about there was one part in the broadcast he was talking about um how the coaches feel when all the players want them to challenge calls and he was like everybody always comes to you they want to challenge every call and that was a cool insight because like obviously like he just got through having to deal with that in big games so that was cool you know I thought that that was it, it was interesting to get that insight I think it'll grow on me over time it's just hard it's hard to 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 hear that change it was very yeah. sudden you know totally no I totally understand um yeah, but I, I like Sophia, like you said, Doris Bur Burke is a legend. I mean, I remember, what was Drake saying a few years back? Remember he had a shirt or something like that, like marry me or I'm in love Drake's with Drake's like in love with Doris Burke. Yeah. He's been in love with Doris <laughs> Burke for a minute. Dude, dude, she's a legend. She's absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, she is. She's so, a legend. Agreed. Totally agree, Trice. Well, we just had too much to discuss on the show, and Sophia and Trice are incredible. Uh, really fortunate to have them as guests of the program. So we're splitting this up into two parts. Stay tuned. Coming up next, part two of Locked on Warriors.